informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne parrot founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week, both myself and LWDG Group experts, Samantha Thorny-Crop-Taylor, will be looking at rehoming dogs and looking at it from the perspective of those who have to give them up and those who have to rescue them. How are we today, Samantha? I'm really good, thanks, Joe. How are you? Um, very exhausted after Las Vegas, but getting back to the swing of getting into getting work done, chatting to you lovely people on our podcasts. Um, this topic this week is quite an interesting one, isn't it? Because rehoming dogs from a pet perspective is hard enough, but we are talking about this from obviously all dogs, but specifically about rehoming gun dogs which might not be fit for purpose so before we start let's talk about the reasons why people have to give up their dogs i think there are a multitude of reasons why people may decide that they have to give up their dog um you know it might be that for whatever reason the dog has turned out to just not fit in their family life um you know and it's the best thing for the dog to be somewhere else where it's better suited it might be that their circumstances have changed. You know, maybe they're going through financial difficulties. Maybe their work has changed and they're now going to be out of the house for eight hours a day, five days a week. Um, you know, maybe there are um, folks that will rehome a, a working gun dog when it comes to retirement. Age. Um, and I can see it from both sides. I don't personally do it myself, but, you know, there are those that will say, okay, my dog has worked hard. It now deserves to go and relax in luxury in a family home. And potentially I can't offer that in my setting. Um, and there are those that sort of go, well, it's no longer used to me. So I'm just going to palm it off on someone else. That I don't agree with. Um, but yeah, I think there are huge amounts of reasons why someone might decide that they need to move their dog to somewhere else. We've spoken loads of times about like how quickly, not how quickly, but how when a a horse isn't fit for purpose for somebody they like if they outgrow it they go on to the next horse or if they decide to change from like dressage to show jumping they change the horse to suit the sport they want to do with it we don't see that so much with gun dogs but there is a case that you could have bought a pup with the intention of it being a working gun dog and it just isn't going to make grade for that let's talk a little bit about that because in this case it is not just Obviously, they're all our pets, but for a lot of people, you don't want to end up with a gun dog that can't do the work of a gun dog, do you? You don't, and a lot of people aren't in a situation where if their first dog or if one of their dogs doesn't meet the purpose that they needed it for, they can't just go, oh, well, I'll keep that one and I'll get another one as well. Um, you know, so it will be in, that, in those scenarios, if they 
for example, if they bought the puppy to train to become a picking up dog or a peg dog, yet for whatever reason, the dog has absolutely no interest in retrieving. Um, you know, it's not going to fulfill the role that it was originally intended for. So you, again, you can see why in those circumstances, maybe that dog would be better off as a beating dog. Um, you know, so it can go and live the life of Riley flushing pheasants all the time out on the shoot field with a different family. And you can then uh, take on another puppy that you will hopefully train to be your picking up or your peg dog. And as much as we all hope we can keep them forever, the reality of it is, is for a lot of us, we only do have a set amount of space. Like, for example, with my dad, with kennels, the kennels, we had quite a large kennels. We could take quite a large number of dogs. But when a dog wasn't able to go out and do the work of a gun dog on an estate, dad would retire them. He'd find them a beautiful home somewhere. Normally, they would go to somebody who wanted to maybe like go pick up or, or something, or maybe on a weekend, maybe every other weekend, the dog was a little bit older, so the dog could just chill out, buy somebody's fire, go for walks every day, have a little happy life, out outside of a kennel, but not be doing the same amount of work as it was whilst living with dad. And that's another case when people look to rehome, isn't it? It's when your kennels are all a point where you think, well, actually, I need a younger dog. I need a dog that's going to keep up with the amount of work I wanted to do. So I need this dog to go live somewhere happily and I've got space then to bring another dog in. Exactly that, you know, and when you take into account that um, most gun dogs, they take, you know, in my opinion, around two years to train to then take them out on the shooting field. So you always have to be thinking, ahead of time rather than sort of thinking okay i'm gonna let this dog live out its luxury and when it's sadly no longer with me anymore i'll then go out and get the puppy but then you've got this two-year lag um you know you've got to wait two years before that puppy is then ready to go out training so you do have to consider all those things you know you have to consider the space you have to consider the life that you can give a dog and um you know retired dogs i know i've had a few dogs that i've tried to retire in the past but at the end of the day they're not happy staying at home when I take the younger, fitter dogs out. Um, so uh, most of the dogs that I have retired from gun dog work because of age, Ill, ailment or injury have ended up doing sporadic work. They come along for the day anyway and I sort of pick and choose the drives that I work them on because that's what they live to do. Um, on a, a working dog note, but a slightly different working dog note, when my husband left active livestock farming, we had two collies that were at the beginning of their career um, and they absolutely lived to work the sheep, to work the cattle. But we no longer had any sheep or cattle in, on, you know, to work them. So we very, very sadly rehomed them to other people. And they are both living the dream, working livestock, having an absolute whale of time, completely bonded with their new family. One of the dogs actually has gone on side a litter of pups and he now works alongside his son. So he's, you know, he's, he's got it all. Um, but again, we had to take into consideration that those dogs wouldn't have been happy they wouldn't have been settled they wouldn't have been the dogs that we knew if we'd kept them out of selfishness I guess um you know and actually being a collie even though I'm out all day with my gun dogs again that wasn't so breed specific you know it's not what the collies are bred to do so it could potentially have led to future behavioral issues had I said for my selfishness I can't get rid of you I'm going to keep you with me they could have started displaying undesirable behaviours because I wasn't fulfilling what they needed to do. 
And for a lot of the people listening, they maybe have a pet that was meant to be a pet that's now a gun dog. And for those, it's a case of the dog was a pet first before it was a working dog. And we can totally understand and appreciate people's horror at the thought of getting rid of pet first. But for some people, even a pet first, like you said, for financial reasons, maybe you rent and the new landlord doesn't want you to have dogs or you've got financial difficulties. There are times when it is in the best interest of family and pet for that dog to be rehomed, isn't it? Sometimes it is, yeah. And I think it's it's a really, really difficult, heart-wrenching decision that you know you might have to make. Um, but you do have to consider the dog's best interest over your own, um, you know, and, and it, it is, I can't say it too many in, enough times, it is incredibly difficult. Um, we had a pup years and years ago who his mother rejected at birth. We hand reared him. We wanted him to follow in his mother's footsteps and become a working dog. I think partly because of his upbringing and being hand reared and his bonds to humans, he didn't want to be a working dog. Um, so, you know, he went on and lived in a townhouse in London on the outskirts of, I think, Richmond Park, led in front of a fire every day, went to work with his family, lived his absolute life of Riley. Um, you know, if, if I'd have, and he would have been a pet, but we couldn't offer him that pet home. Um, so, yeah, number, I think you, the biggest thing is to think about the dog's best interest, the dog's needs, and try and put your own human emotions aside, try and detach them from the situation. Because, and I come from like a small holding background where we reared sheep and lambs went to slaughter and pigs went to slaughter and cattle went to slaughter. So I've probably got not a hardened perspective, but it's very different to, to most people's perspectives. But the reality of it is, as much as we feel understandably distraught, guilt, fear, all those things when an animal leaves us to go to a new home, those dogs normally, or those horses, they tend to settle in quite well to their new home and be quite happy, as happy as they were with us, don't they? They don't seem to have, like you said, these human thoughts that we feel, all these things we're feeling. The dogs have some, some of those feelings, but they settle in very quickly. They do. They bond with their new owners, you know, just as much as they bonded with you. There will be a period of confusion for them you know where, where's mum and dad gone where am I what's this new place but over time they become settled happy they appreciate that they're now in their new family they're in their hopefully they're now permanent home um and they well they they their emotions they're not driven by their emotions like humans are so yes they have some feelings like we do but no way near to the same extent um for those of us who are facing having to rehome a dog, because I suppose 2023 is giving a lot of people situations where maybe they find that a dog isn't suitable for them. Maybe people coming out of lockdown where they bought dogs and now their life has gone back to, can we say normal, but they're very, very busy again. All clubs have opened up, all those things have opened up and all that time they had with that dog before has gone. As sad as they feel, we support them in their choice to rehome where it's in the best interest of the dogs, don't we? Exactly that, yes. If it's in the best interest for the dog, then absolutely, you know, you may face making a heart-wrenching decision. 
Um, but like you said, you know, if circumstances change, if you can no longer give the dog what it needs in order to keep it happy, emotionally settled and balanced as an individual, then you're going to need to think about, you know, what, what is best for the dog in those situations. And when we talk about rehoming, a lot of people say, you know, or rescue, a rehome. And they can bring up in our minds very different types of imaginations of what the dogs went through. So within the gun dog world, we talk about rehoming, which is like we find them going from this home to another home. But then we also hear about rescue centres. What do you think is the difference? Is there a difference? And where do you think that people, you know, get this sort of like, when you say, oh, my dog came out of a rescue, we're, we're all re- immediately feeling like heart wrenching, like, you know, this dog came off the back of a, a back of a wagon somewhere, whereas might be it's just gone from one home to another. Exactly that. You know, I think, yes, rescue centres are termed rescue centres. Some of them are called rehoming centres. Um, but for me, I think the word rescue, you know, you, you rescue a person that's drowning, you rescue a person from a burning building. Just because a dog has gone from one home to the other doesn't mean it was rescued from a really, really bad situation. It could just be that the, its original family circumstances changed and the dog needed to be rehomed. So for me, regardless of, you know, where the dog came from, I generally call it rehoming yes there are some dogs that have come from some dire situations you know and for them they're going to need additional care and education and and treatment potentially if they've come from a really a really horrible place but by and large even that dog it's been rehomed it's now rehomed in a better place with better surroundings better environments um, and it, and you can help it forget its fears and worries and troubles from the past and you can help it get over that. Um, I think a lot of people get too bogged down on the rescue word, um, you know, and it's, it's uh, Robert Elaine has quite often said it, you know, you'll speak to people and they'll say, I've taken on a rescue dog and you'll say, okay, so when did you rescue it? Oh, well, I rescued it seven years ago. And you think, well, it's no longer a rescue dog. You've got to keep, stop putting that label on it you rehomed a dog seven years ago it's now your family dog sorry rob i stole that one <laughs> i'm sure rob won't mind you passing on his wisdom in that way but you're absolutely right aren't you you know and we have this um idea that a rescue dog has come from bad situations when mostly they haven't they just not they've not been the right fit for the home they were in so they come to you and some of them definitely come with behavioral issues um attachment issues those types of things but once they're with us we can work with them as our dog not as a rescue dog can't we exactly that so you want to consider its history its background um you know if you know those things um but by the same token you're starting a new chapter of this dog's life and you're starting it with it now in your family and you need to start as you move to go on you might allow some not bad habits, but you might allow it taking more time to work through some things if it's got issues, if it's uh, got separation anxiety, if it's got behavioral issues, you know, if it's fear aggressive or anything like that, if it's reactive to other dogs or other people, it will take you longer to help that dog settle in and calm down and earn your trust. But by the same token, you've still started afresh. And there is this... um point I think we all forget that 
yes, they were little tiny babies when they came to us as puppies. But at that point, they went through a significant rehoming, didn't they? They went from leaving their mum and their siblings to being taken out of that environment for the first time and coming to us. And, and they coped. You know, we, we sometimes, I don't think, give them the kudos they deserve in the fact that dogs adapt very quickly to change. They do. Um, you know, and unless you're in a position that you can breed a litter of pups and keep everyone yourself, which I wouldn't recommend from a training and bonding point of view, then, you know, every dog is said, okay, the majority of the dogs have been rehomed at circa eight weeks old, like you just said, and they've adjusted, they've coped. At that age, they haven't had as long for behavioural issues to creep in. So that's not to say that an eight-week-old puppy is going to have no behavioural issues, because it might do. Um, but they're also, they're very moldable. You can introduce them to your way of life. They learn like a sponge, so you can teach them things very quickly. Whereas if you take on an older dog, um, regardless of the situation it's come from, it's going to take that dog longer, in my mind, for it to bond with you, for it to gain its trust, for it to trust you. <laughs> um, um, because it will be, it will have a history behind it. We've got, like, we're having this chat now, and we've actually been through this situation together personally, when dad passed and left me with far more dogs than one person should ever need to deal with um, around a family life. Tom, dad's favourite Labrador in the world, um, became your Labrador. So we went through, I went through the the stress and the worry and the, and the fear and the heartbreak of giving up something that my dad loved so so much and and I loved so much we, the family loved Tom he was like our world but we knew we couldn't give him what he needed in the situation we were facing so he became yours so you became that person who took him over rehomed him and he settled in beautifully with you he did. He settled really, really quickly, you know, and we worked together. He had such a good grounding from you and your dad that he sort of hit the ground running when he came here. He didn't need to be taught manners or obedience or training or anything like that. He just needed to learn that I was now the new person. I was the one that fed him and that worked him and that took him out, um, you know, and it took time for us to build our bond. But emotionally, he sort of turned up and went, oh, cool. Yeah, these are my new mates. You're the new person. Yeah, brilliant. Off we go then. And was absolutely fine with it. And I can't thank you enough. And I can't thank you enough for taking him. And it's very nice, the situation we've got, because I still talk to you about Tom. I know he's perfectly happy. He's perfectly healthy. Um, and you've given him something that we couldn't give him going on, which is something, like you said, that he loved, which is being out, working, being active all day. There was no way I could have done that for the amount of dogs that I was left with. So... It was like we go back to what we said right at the beginning. It's what's in the best interest of the dogs, isn't it? Like I could have said, well, from a selfish perspective, I want to keep them all. And they're all going to live in the kennels and they'll come out for like five minutes each a day. And that's all they'll have. But that's what I want for my guilt not to be there. But for the dog, the right thing to do was to let him go somewhere where he could live the life and the purpose he's meant to. Exactly that. He could go on and fulfill his purpose, you know, and like you said, if you'd kept all those dogs, you had an attachment to all of them, but you'd have spread yourself so scarcely that actually none of them would have ended up receiving the time or the input from you that they deserved. Um, so your 
situation with Tom was very, very similar to ours with the two colleagues I mentioned earlier. It was in their best interests to go and be with someone else doing what they love to do, what they're bred to do and what they're driven to do. When we take on um, a rehomed dog, let's talk it from the perspective, because I know you obviously had Tom from us and you've gone through the process of rehoming dogs yourself, but you also have rehomed some dogs with significant behavioural issues. As a, perp- as a point from a rehoming perspective, what do you look for before you decide to take on a dog as, as a new dog for you to work with? I look at a whole number of things and I don't think I have any set um, sort of list to refer back to, if you see what I mean. I look at as much of the history of the dog, if, if I can get it, um, you know, the environment it was in, what its owners have been through, what, what happened with the dog. Um, so we took on a dog uh, ooh, over a year ago now, but with what I would call behavioural issues there was miscommunication between him and his owners. He had scared them a couple of times and because of his history, he was running out of options. Um, So with him, I sort of, I spoke to his owners a lot in great depth. They sent me videos, they sent me photos. I assessed is a strong word because it was only through media at the time, but assessed his body language and sort of tried to get a grasp on his character to then figure out whether I felt I was the right person to take him on and whether I could offer him the right environment. Um, And at that time with this particular dog, I did believe I was the right person. And as it turns out, I am the right person because we now have a very calm, loving, loyal companionship. And he doesn't display any of the undesirable behaviors that he did before I got him. But it did take him a long time to learn to trust me even down to me saying, no, you don't have to be a toad because there's a dog walking down the road towards us. You know, he, he reacted quite strongly in the early days. Um, and it took months for me to build his trust effectively for me to then go, uh, no, that's not how you behave. And for him to respect that rather than trying to argue about it. When we look to rehome, because a lot of... Um working breeds, working gun dog breeds, working dog breeds after COVID have now ended up in um, rescues. So so they're probably around two now. There's also a lot of younger ones where sort of coming out to the end of COVID where people were like, well, we can still make money from these. They're a profitable enterprise. We're seeing younger and younger dogs. You've only got to look at some of the charities, Instagram pages to see four month old, three month old dogs that are need rehoming. For those thinking, well, actually I've got a gun dog and it's working brilliantly, but I do want to have another one coming alongside it. Should they look to these places as a potential place to get them when these dogs are so young? I think if you're knowledgeable enough as a dog person, then absolutely look to these places. Um, you need to consider, you know, some dogs, even if they are young, some dogs will have issues that need working through. And so that's where you need to consider, do I have enough background knowledge in order to take on this dog with potential issues? In theory, younger dogs, there's been less time for their issues to become fully ingrained. So they should potentially be easier to resolve. But that's not 
always the case. Um, you know, if you've had one dog in your life and it went fabulously, it works for you and you want another dog to come through, then I probably wouldn't recommend going to get the nine month old spaniel that's just reached adolescence and is, has a history of disappearing four counties away. Potentially, unless you've got the time to dedicate and you know a trainer helping you, that might not be the best match. But you know, if there's a, a little three week old puppy there, a three week old, three month old puppy there that doesn't have any inherent issues that found itself in a rescue center for no fault of its own then there's no reason why you can't that was a very fluffy answer it's a it's a quite right answer because it is what you're taking on and what level is at and the experiences it's had before like you just said a three-month-old you can get a three-month-old straight from the breed day you don't know what you're getting there with this three-month-old from a rehoming center it's got the additional um i suppose experience of its gone through rehoming once to go to live with this new owner and then now it's in a in a rescue center or rehoming center so that's twice and by the time it comes to you even at three months old it's on its third home basically um so you, there is all that stuff to be taken on board if you've not had a gun dog and you're coming into gun dogs or working dogs and you're looking to rehome because you want to give a dog a chance are they good places to look for for working dogs? Or are you just thinking, okay, I'm going to take this on. And if it tends to work out, that it turns into a working dog, great. And if it doesn't, great. Yeah, again, I think it depends a lot on the knowledge of the owner, you know. And uh, it probably sounds a bit like I'm saying, don't go to a rescue center to find your next dog, which is not what I'm trying to say at all. Um, I just think we have to be, like we have to be... Um, very cutthroat in looking at what's in the best interest of a dog if for example we are rehoming a dog and it needs to move on somewhere else i think we need to be quite cutthroat as to our ability with a new dog as well you know and and be that an eight week old puppy straight from the breeder or an older dog from a, a rescue center um i see a lot of clients who you know maybe i helped them train their first dog 10 years ago and they've now gone out and got their second dog and the amount of times i hear this one is nothing like the first one i thought i knew what i was doing but this is completely different and so i think we also need to consider that you know breeding has changed a lot over the last 10 to 15 years for a long time working dogs were being taken more and more and more to field trial champion lines um, so whereas you used to have, you know, your sort of your biddable Labrador that pretty much rocked up on in the world and went, yep, cool, I know what I'm doing, yep, no, no need to teach me anything because this is my job and I know what to do. Then you ended up with fizzy, hot, hardwired dogs that were a lot more difficult to understand and to work in unison and partnership with. Um, and so I think it's the same sort of mentality when you're wherever you're taking a dog from you need to think about the whole picture, your abilities, its history, its age, how much time you're going to be able to spend with it. Are you going to be able to go to regular training, um, you know, start from the ground and work your way up? Yeah, and giving yourself the time to do that. And, and to, to circle background to, from the rehoming perspective, if somebody's looking at a dog thinking, me and you are not going to work out, fella. As much as I'm trying, this just isn't something that's going to, to work out. 
how should they look about rehoming that dog? Because like me and you already had a friendship. You were already very much part of my um, story when it came to the dog. So when it came to um, Tom and some of the others needing rehoming, pretty much they all went to friends or friends of friends. There was that sort of like, I never, you know, had to go through the, the trauma of putting an advert somewhere or letting them go to a rescue centre. None of that, thank God. But what should somebody do if they look in at a dog saying, me and you are just not going to work out? I think, you know, the ideal situation would be that a friend or a family member can take the dog on. Um, you would still get regular updates on the dogs. You'd still get to see them occasionally. Um, I do think, you know, within reason, if a friend or family member takes your dog on, then you're going to have to take a back step for a while. You know, don't turn up every week and say, hi, buddy, how you doing? Because it's just going to confuse the dog and make it harder for him to bond with his new family. If you haven't got any family members or friends that are able to take the dog on, then you are going to have to look further afield. Um, and obviously rescue centers, they do a lot of vetting. Um, you know, they make sure that in their opinion, the person that takes on the dog is the right person for that dog. So they're, a, they're sort of the right place to go on paper. Um, I do think that, you know, you can, if you're stringent about it, you can privately rehome a dog. Well, fantastic uh, podcast on a very heartbreaking story or heartbreaking topic. For those listening who are like, I just have to there is no other option for me this dog needs to be rehomed please as much of the guilt that you feel if you're doing it in the dog's best interest then you are doing the right thing if you are the other side and you're looking to give a dog a second chance and and help them take on board what sam has just said and really again think of your ability to cope with a dog that you just don't know what you're getting and what experiences it's had before. So there's a lot to think about when we look at, at rehoming and rescuing, but there's definitely some massive, good, positive stories that come out of it, like Tom when I'm talking to Sam, like Sam's colleagues, like there's lots of people in our group who've ended up with um, rescue dogs, and we listen to them on our live coaching sessions, and they're doing fantastic on this, Sam. They are, fair play to them, you know, they've put the time and the dedication in and they are building a fantastic relationship with the dogs that they've taken on. It's amazing. I love listening to some of them because I think you didn't just take on a gun dog, which would have been a, a journey and training in itself, but you took on some, for some of them, gun dog breeds that already had quite a lot of challenges to overcome before you even try to put the foundations of being a working gun dog into them um, and they've done absolutely brilliantly and listening to their stories definitely fills my heart with joy because I think it's just amazing to see what they can do with a dog that might never have had those opportunities had they not rescued them exactly that you know and like you said some of them they've arrived with some quite severe uh, training problems or behavioural issues you know you might find that what, a couple of them have taken on a dog that couldn't be let off the lead because it used to just disappear to the next county or maybe it used to chase and catch and eat rabbits and you know its previous owner couldn't call it back and now look at them some of them are out on shoots with dogs off lead stand, uh, sitting steady and picking up or flushing birds um, so yeah the, the, how far they've all come is just fantastic 
For those of you who are listening, you're thinking, where should I start if I want to rehome a dog? Please look at um, some of the working dog breed um, charities first, if they are available to you or in your area. They're desperately looking for people to help them out at the moment because there are a lot of working dog breeds that ended up in just pet homes and have been put up for rehoming for this very purpose. The, the, the owners didn't realize what the dog would need training wise. So look at those first um, before we go to look at perhaps the, the more nationally known charities. Um, and like we said, just to reiterate, for those who are having to face rehoming their dog um, in 2023, please know that our love and our support is there for you. And we wish you the very best going through what must be an incredibly difficult time. Thank you, Sam, for covering this topic with us. It's not the easiest of topics. Um, and thank you to our listeners for all your comments, your feedback. We love hearing from you all. And we look forward to speaking to you all next week. Thank you for listening to LWDG Poddog with me, Joe Parrott. Now, we all know training a dog takes time, energy and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short, 10-minute training sessions each day to fast-forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post or visit www.thelwdg.com.